could be for the purpose to make you a better you, perhaps to wake you up, perhaps to get you back on the right track, perhaps turn your life around. How many know that as Christians, we're to be fruit? Not only be fruit, but we're supposed to produce fruit, even more fruit, and even much fruit. Is this true? Well, let's look in the Word of God. Turn your Bibles together to John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. I'm going to read tonight. Scripture says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will begin to have even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain to me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, sowing yourselves to be my disciples. Brother Marvin, would you pray, please? Praise the Lord. We just sung about this is how we fight our battles, and tonight we're going to talk about those battles and look to the Word of God to talk about how do we fight all these battles that we're going through. We've all experienced some tough times, and those tough times where there's chaos, there's stress, there's oppression and fear. It's so easy to give up, to just want to throw in the towel, just want to run away, willing to accept a defeated mentality because you don't want to hurt again, you're tired of fighting. You don't want to be disappointed again. We don't even want to try again. If that's you, then God has sent me to encourage you tonight. Because every single one of us being or will go through trials and struggles and hardships and disappointments. Yes, even believers. But don't let anyone tell you or convince you you're out of the will of God because trouble shows up on your doorstep. Actually, it very well could be because you are in the will of God that you find yourself in a life full of troubles. No one could testify to this more than Job. God declared him a perfect, upright man, but yet he had a life full of troubles. The Apostle Paul, shipwrecked, snake-bitten, beaten, humiliated, beheaded, life full of troubles. Then Jesus, undeniably, was in the will of God. He had a life full of troubles. He was ultimately mocked, beaten, then publicly crucified. A man without no sin, no guile, was found in his mouth, the only perfect one. Yet because he did God's will, people hated him and they rejected him, and it cost him his life. Jesus did the will of God, and he ended up on a cross. So don't let people always tell you you must be out of the will of God because you have troubles. 
That may not always be true. It's true that sin does bring consequences. That's true. But sometimes you're going along in life doing the best you can to serve God, live upright, and then like, bam, you're blindsided. How come? Because you have an adversary called the devil who's come to steal, kill, and destroy you. Did Jesus not say, you'll be persecuted for my name's sake? Job's so-called friends told him, surely you must have sinned to find yourself in all these troubles you're in. That was so far from the truth, God actually allowed it because he was a godly man. Job's life was full of troubles, but yet he was in the will of God. He lost his children, he lost his stuff, he lost his health, all in one day. Everything that he owned and everything that he loved. But God declared he was a righteous man. The truth of the matter, the adversity in our lives are like growing pains that cause us to grow. Adversities, although not pleasant many times, are associated with the pruning process that God uses to cause the believer to produce more fruit, to be more fruitful in their life. John 15 that I just read speaks of this process. God performs in the life of a believer and the purpose for it. In your pruning process, you're going to let loose some stuff. God's going to cut away all the stuff that's not productive to your life. As a believer, you're connected to Christ as a branch is to a tree. And when you become unproductive to the kingdom of God, God will cut you off like a dead branch. Or according to this scripture, you can be producing fruit, but God will prune you. So you can be more productive and produce more fruit so that you can be fruitful for the kingdom of God so that you can bear much fruit. So what do you do when you're in one of those seasons in your life when God is pruning you? A gardener prunes a tree in certain seasons in the natural for the same reason so the tree will remain productive and be more fruitful as well as he cuts off the dead limbs and he discards them. How do you respond when you've lost stuff, when you went through changes feel like you've run out of time. Well, let's go to John 15. First, I want you to know, vines don't, vines don't produce fruit year-round. They're seasons. They produce fruit. Then they lose the ability to and have to wait till the next season to produce again. In order for them to produce again, there's a lot of care and nurturing that has to take place to keep the tree productive. And what happens when the seasons is important as to how much it produces the next season. And that is established by the pruning process. And you have to understand this principle as well as a believer. Just like a fruit tree, you're to produce fruit. And what I'm teaching is a spiritual correlation between these two. There's a process producing to being fruitful. Just as the fruit tree grows and matures and produces fruit, so, fruit, so is the same process for believers growing, maturing, and producing fruit. You grow and produce, then you pruned, and then you produce. The pruning processes are important to the pr producing of fruit. And are vital to increase the amount of fruit a tree produces. In the pruning process, a gardener cuts away some things. Same for a believer. In the pruning process, God cuts some things away. And you got to understand, if God allows you to lose something, then you got to expect he's going to give you something better. Are you hearing me? God's going to do something new in your life. You're going to be more fruitful than, fruitful than ever. God's into doing new things. Behold, all things that pass away, all things become new. In Isaiah 43, 19, God said, Behold, I do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. As we look at this 15th chapter of John, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, giving them clear direction and what was expected of them. And he's using an analogy to express his teaching. That is, he's the vine, we're the branch, and that God is the gardener, the caretaker. If you read this chapter, you will understand there is a pruning process, and that God is the one who does the pruning in our lives. So that the vine will continue to produce fruit, more fruit, and then 
much fruit. Let's break some of this passage down in John 15. Verse 1, Christ declares, I am the true vine, saying there may be a lot of vines, but I'm the true one. There's a lot of other gods in this world, vines, but I'm the only real one, the only true one. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There's no other way. There's no other vine. Muhammad, Baal, Buddha won't get you there. They are false gods. He says, I am the real vine. And my father is the gardener. Who is his father? God. We see we serve a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Amen. Verse 2, he says, his father, the gardener, cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. When you become unproductive to the kingdom of God, when you quit bearing fruit, God is going to prune you, so get ready. He's going to start cutting out the life, at things out of your life, everything that's hindering you from being fruitful. Whether it be sin, whether it be complacency, slothfulness, a lack of zeal for the things of God. A believer is to bear fruit. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. What kind of fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, spiritual fruit. Described in Galatians 5 and 22, which is love, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Your life as a Christian should produce these characteristics. This is what your spirit should produce, which is totally contrary to what your flesh produces. Paul speaks of those things that your flesh produces in Galatians 5 and 19. Now, the works of the flesh are, he says, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, which is discord, emulation, which is jealousy, wrath, strife, sedition, which is division, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, and revelings. He says, those that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are the things God says he wants to cut off. Christ says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit will be taken away. But he goes on to say, though, that every branch that does produce fruit, he purges and he prunes it. Why? He says, so it will produce more fruit and then much fruit. So it is the natural pruning process, so it is in the spiritual pruning process. Christ tells them the key to bearing fruit, to be fruitful. In the next verse, verse 4, he says, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. In layman's term, you won't be fruitful without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's break it down one more time. Christ is the vine, the true vine. The believer is the branch, and God is the gardener. He's saying, I'm the vine, God's the Father, the Father is the gardener. Every branch, every person in him can't, can't be in him if not a believer. Every believer that does not bear fruit, God will cut away. Folks, a carnal mind is an enemy with God. The spirit opposes the flesh. Christ declares there will be a day where many will stand before him and he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never even knew you. And he also declares everyone who calls the Lord, Lord, will not enter into heaven. They will be cut off. But to those who are for me and are producing fruit, he says, I will prune you. Remember, he that begun a good work, he will form it until the day of Jesus Christ. Pruning is a process. It's seasonal. It has a purpose to make you more productive and more fruitful, to take you from, being, from bearing fruit to bearing more fruit to bearing much fruit in order to make you more like Christ. You may have gentleness down path. You may have joy down path, but you may be lacking patience. You may have three of the nine gifts, but God wants you to have them all, every single one of them. You may have some fruit, but he wants you to have more fruit. And to possess the nine gifts of the Spirit is to say you have much fruit. And to do so, he prunes your life. 
to help you produce the kind of fruit in the spirit that's necessary to your life to profess you are a Christian. God prunes me all the time. God's all the time showing me something. You know, somebody say, Randy, deal with this. Boy, I'll work real fast, try to straighten that up in my life, get it right. I say, oh, got that done. And you know what he says? Randy, deal with this. So I work real hard, and I try to get that thing knocked out, get that behind me. You know what he says then? Deal with this. And he's done this since the day I was a Christian. And I can tell you right now, he's going to do it till the day I leave this earth. Because he's always trying to make me better. Hallelujah. He tries to, he wants to do it. I'm a work in progress, so I'll remain productive so I won't get cut away, so that I can bear fruit. The more fruit, the much fruit. But in order to do so, he must prune me at some point. Those are the ouch seasons, I call them. The times of correction instructions and demand upon my life to change to be more productive so that I will be more and more like him. Folks, many of us think we're doing pretty good by our own analysis, especially when we compare ourselves to others. Well, look at her or look at him. At least I don't do that. At least I don't go around and do that. That works pretty good for you until you find yourself in his presence and you find out your righteousness is still as filthy as rags compared to him. We're not to compare ourselves to others or one another. That leads to spiritual piety and self-righteousness stinks the nostrils of God and can even cause us to be cut away like a dead branch. Folks, to be a Christian, we're to be Christ-like. Now, tonight, I don't want to focus on, be, uh, focus on being cut away. I want to focus on becoming fruitful. The pruning seasons are so vital to us growing and maturing as Christians where God cuts us back in order to remove stuff from our lives so that we'll remain fruitful and productive. There is no neutral ground. The Apostle Paul said this way, either you're going forward or you're going backwards. A lot of what we go through is not to destroy us, but to better us. And God often uses adversity to move us, to cause us to grow, to toughen us up, to make us steadfast and immovable to where we're like a tree planted by the water and declare, I shall not be moved. Adversity many times is what moves us, shapes us, motivates us, matures us. And I've come to tell you in between fruit and more fruit, is a pruning process, better known to many as a setback. Many ask in this season, am I going through this because of something I did? Well, I want to challenge Unite to adopt a new perspective and try to asking, is God allowing something like this in my life for my good? Because remember, all things work together for the good of those who love God and called according to his purpose. Often we get so frustrated in this process, distressed in this season, and we've got to change our perspectives in these times. And trust God that whatever he allows us to go through are needful in our lives. And actually, it's not a setback. It's actually a setup. So we can have a greater season in our life. So we mature and grow and produce and be more of a benefit to the kingdom of God. You know what happens every time someone goes through something? They end up with a testimony. And their testimony is not for them. It's actually to encourage someone else who's going through what they've done been through. What they went through is what caused them to grow and have greater faith than they've ever had. And they know more about God than they ever knew about him. The adversity allowed God to show up on their behalf and show himself strong. Just because you have a setback don't mean you're, you're to be set out. A setback positions just for a comeback. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing someone having a comeback. A comeback is such an inspiring thing. We all love to see them. We see it in every aspect of our lives. All the time we see it in the sports arena. We see it in the movies. We see it in personal lives. 
where we find ourselves rooting for someone who is counted out. And to see them rise up against all odds and overcome their circumstances, we rejoice and it excites us. We're so inspired by their lives, yet many times during a pruning process, we feel like we're counted out. We feel like we're the underdog. But with God on our side, we cannot fail. We will always make a comeback. And we do, we'll be stronger, more fruitful, and more productive than we've ever been. Some of you are there now. I see it in your life. You've been through hell and back, but you're coming back. You're coming back more fruitful than you've ever been. Why? Because of the pruning process you went through. God allowed you to go through some things to help perfect you. I also want to tell you something. When you've been through the cycles of trouble in your life through a pruning process, the Word of God declares your faith will be tested. And that when you finally come out, it's true that you can come out of trouble and be blessed and still worry. When you should be celebrating. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? It's almost like there's this big dark cloud that hangs over your head. It just seems it won't go away. Like you're bracing and you're anticipating going through something again. Because you've been through a cycle of distress and despair in your life. You're bracing yourself. You know the pain of struggle. It's been one thing after another to where that what your enemy has done to your mind has created a pathology of turbulence in your life to where you no longer expect blessing. You live defensively because you're always expecting more trouble. You develop a what's next syndrome. Well, truck went out. Then the weed eater quit. Mower wouldn't start. Tractor won't start. Kids are acting crazy. Well, I just lost my job. To where you won't even take a moment to be happy of what you did come out of for fear of going back into something else. Yeah, that's over, but I'm not going to get too excited. I know it won't last long. You kick into your defense mode, and you build your walls, you withdraw, and you allow fear to grip your heart. So the Lord sent me here to tell some people, it's not going to be like that this time. It ain't going to happen this time. You're not going to lose it this time. What was is finished. It's time to rejoice. If, if for nothing else, for the fact that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Give God praise. <clears throat> now we talk about Job and what he lost, his home, his kids, his health, and how tragic. But what we don't focus on is God brought him out of, of, it, of that time of his life of troubles. And he never went through anything else like that again. It was just a season. God gave him back, actually, double for his troubles. And I've come to tell some people, there are things you went through in your life that you won't ever go through again. Never again. Let me talk to you. I got a word. Remember, remember what all the Israelites went through with Pharaoh in Egypt? How much they went through? Until the day went, when they finally crossed the Red Sea. It had been one thing after another. But something was different this time. That's why Miriam and all the women danced and shook their tambourines on the other side of the Red Sea. When they saw Pharaoh's army, their enemy drowned and defeated, they began to celebrate. Why? Miriam and all the ladies knew they would never have to go through what they'd just been through ever again. It was a time to celebrate. And I've come to tell those of you who have been through tough times, it's time for some of you all to throw a party. I got a word. God says, the enemy you see today, you'll never see again. And the defeat of her enemy at the Red Sea caused Miriam to dance because her struggles were over. It was finished. It didn't negate the fact that she'd been through some suffering, but it validated that God was for her and not against her. 
that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. That if God be for you, who can be against you? When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. She learned if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, she never would have made it. And she wasn't going to miss a moment to praise, to celebrate, because she knew she would never see that enemy again. That season was over. And I've come to tell somebody tonight, that season you've been is just about to be over. And it's time to celebrate. And God used her enemy, her adversity, to actually move her to a better place. When Jesus was on the cross, with the pain, the suffering he went through, he cried out, it's finished. He knew he was never going to go through what he just went through again. He died like a lamb, but he knew he was coming back like a lion. Come on, somebody. And God wants to deal with defeated mentalities. In order for God to do something new, the former things have to pass away. Do you know that God will talk to you about having plenty when you're broke? That God will talk to you about feeling good when you feel bad? That God will talk to you about having joy when you got sorrow? That God will talk to you about overcoming when you feel defeated? Because God thought, calls those things are not as though they were. He's not tied down to natural laws. He supersedes natural laws with supernatural power. He knows the difference between the process and the purpose. And what you're going through now is a process. And the key to endure it is don't focus on the process. Focus on the purpose. There is a purpose for the process you're going through. Find it not strange, this fiery trial you're going through as though some strange thing has happened to you. Bible says Jesus very clear that Jesus did not enjoy the cross. That he did not enjoy the cross, crucifixion, or the process. It says despising the shame of the cross, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He didn't like the process, but he endured it because of the purpose of it. He focused on the purpose. He knew the necessity of him going through what he had to go through, knowing I'm on the cross, but I'm not going to stay here. It's going to get better. This is just a process, although not pleasant, yet necessary for me to fill my purpose. He says, I'll endure the process so God can fill the purpose in my life, so that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Due to the fact that I endured this process that was ordained and was orchestrated by God. So I, the vine, could produce much fruit. And it was Paul who told Timothy, endure affliction and do the work of the evangelist. Timothy, endure the process for the purpose. We must endure the processes that we're going for for the sake of the purpose of why we're going through them. If we could get a hold of this, we don't want to go through nothing. We don't like the process. Too often we abort it, we abandon it, we throw in the towel, therefore never allowing God to fulfill his purpose in our lives. If we could get a hold of this and quit acting like affliction is some strange thing for a believer, when the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God shall deliver them from them all. Understand that this light affliction, which is for a moment, will work a far greater work of glory in our lives. In other words, God will produce so much fruit in my life through this process. If we begin to understand the process, the pruning season, we will be willing to endure it. He will never, we will never be any good at enduring if we aren't confident that God has a purpose for what we're going through. So many times we're going through things and we don't know, can't even understand, figure out what could be the purposes of this thing. Just endure the process and trust God that there is a purpose to the process and the season that you're going through. If we, ever know, if we never understand the pruning process, it's just as valuable to our lives as it is to a fruit tree, we'll never have the desire to endure what we face. We go through a lot of things in our lives, painful things, and even intentional painful things in order to make our physical lives better, such as... Surgeries is one example. We're willing to go through them. 
we'll be willing to endure the suffering. Why? Because we believe when it's all said and done, it'll be for the greater good. So we can be more productive again. So we can feel better again. So we can walk better. So we can hear better. And we must be willing to endure the same process when it comes to the spiritual encounters that are necessary for our lives to make us have joy, peace, goodness, meekness, kindness, to have fruit that will make us more productive for the kingdom of God, that will make us take us from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. Just because you don't understand what you're going through doesn't mean there is no purpose for it. Your rational thinking, even your 4.0 IQ, is no match for God's infinite wisdom. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean God doesn't. There's nothing that happens that takes God by surprise. The Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own standing. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Afflictions for believers always have a purpose. Things just don't happen for no reason at all, church. And understand at times, at times, the things we go through are orchestrated by God. That won't make sense to your human reasoning, but it wouldn't make no sense for you to take your only son who is without sin, perfect and upright, never did anybody wrong, and allow him to be beaten, mocked, and ridiculed, and only at 33 years old be put on a cross and die because of what someone else did. Now, would that make sense to you? But it was for a greater purpose, and God orchestrated every bit of it. And Jesus was willing to suffer those things, go through the process, and by doing so, he produced much fruit. He became the vine that God would work through. We must understand there are times when we go through things as part of the pruning process to make us more fruitful. That is the purpose. He's not going to tolerate you claiming to be his and not bear fruit. He, he expects us to bear fruit. This is serious stuff. He will cut off those branches that don't bear fruit, gather them together, and burn them. Read John 15 over and over and over until you get it. Faith without works is dead. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Christ, in the darkest hour in the betrayal by mankind, knew it wasn't always going to be like this. He didn't enjoy the process. He even cried out, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass over me before the process began as he was facing the process. And even through the process, at one point, he cried, My God, my God. Why has thou forsaken me? So you see, it's not unusual to question God when you go through the process. It's not unusual for you to feel like God is forsaking you as you go through it. That is when your faith has to carry you through the process. Jesus, even though he was going through the process, he lived, delivered by faith. I might be nailed to the cross now, but not forever. They may place me in a tomb, but not forever. He knew this was a necessary three-day situation. He knew that I'm coming out of this thing in three days. When you're in those pruning seasons, you got to know it's not always going to be like this and that it has purpose. Jesus said, henceforth, I no longer call you servants, but friends. The difference from being a servant and a friend is that a servant knoweth not what his master doeth. And God is saying to someone tonight, he said, I've took you through some tests and asked you to do some things just because I said so. I told you to go just because I said so. I took you through some tough trials. I didn't explain them to you. I made you bear it. I made you put up with it. I even let you cry yourself to sleep. I didn't wipe away the tears from your eyes. I let you go through sorrow. I let you go through some suffering. I let you go through some things. Yet even in your pain, you kept serving me. Somebody needs to hear this. You kept praying to me. You didn't quit. You didn't run away. Do you know in Ecclesiastes 3, 3 it speaks of 28 seasons in life? 
He says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Then he mentions the 28 seasons. He says there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pick up, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather the stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose. He said there's a time to keep, there's a time to throw away, there's a time to tear, there's a time to sow. A time to keep silent. He said, there's a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. He says, there's a time of war and there's a time of peace. But what I want you to really see that is so amazing with all these seasons that were mentioned, did you catch catch what wasn't mentioned? It never mentioned there is a time to quit. That's powerful. There's never a time for you to quit just because you're going through some things. No matter what season you find your life in, there's not a time to quit. I believe that everything a believer goes through has purpose to prove you, to strengthen you, to launch you, to break you, to build you. And because you passed the test and because you endured affliction as a good soldier, you're ready for a promotion. Ah, oh, come on, somebody. You got to get this. He's personalizing this thing. The Lord wants you to know he wouldn't have allowed you to go through what you've been through if there wasn't a purpose to it for you. If you didn't have something in store for you, the purpose was to better you, for you to have a better wisdom, to have better understanding, better patience, maybe perhaps to have better joy, better health, better marriage, better ministry, to make you stronger and more tenacious than you've ever been, to take you from producing fruit to more fruit to much fruit. Because of what you've been through, do you realize you're stronger now? You're tougher now? You're more tenacious now? You're more relentless than you've ever been? Only because you endured what you've been through. And God says, through the process, I've pruned you. And because of it, guess what? You won't be pushed around this time. You won't be fooled this time. You won't be taken advantage of this time. You won't be deceived this time. You won't be complacent this time. You won't be unforgiving this time. You won't be careless this time. You won't be slothful this time. You won't be taken for granted this time. You won't be knocked down this time, God says. And you'll even declare when you get to the other side, when you cross your Red Sea and you see that your enemy is defeated and you know you'll never have to go through that again, you'll even find it in yourself declaring, it was good for me to go through the process and the pruning. Because now I've got a better understanding. I've got a new outlook. I've got a new perspective. I've got a new love for the process and the pruning. Had it not been through it, I would have never known who I was or who he was. He brought something out of me. I didn't even know I had. I survived something. I didn't believe I ever could. I found something. I didn't know I didn't even have. I, I, come on, somebody. Somebody knows in here what I'm talking about. You know now, I had not gone through the process, I never discovered the purpose. If God hadn't pruned me. I never produced fruit again. I might have even become a branch that God would cut off. Thank goodness the Lord loved me enough to take me through the process. That the Lord knew what I need of. I was scared at times. I was humiliated at times, belittled at times, beat down, sick at times, confused at times, but now I'm, now I'm better now because of it. I was bitter, but I got better. At one point, I thought I was going to die. Thought I was going to lose it all. I thought I was down for the count, but ha-ha devil, you big liar. All it did was make me a better. 
because I put my trust in the Lord, because I lean not to my own understanding, because I acknowledged him, because I endured it as a good soldier, even though he slayed me, I trusted him. I put my trust in the Lord and not in a man. Hallelujah. If the musicians would come, read chapter 15. God took the vine through a pruning process. He took it from bearing fruit to more fruit to much fruit. I don't know what you've been through, but whatever it is or was, God sent me to tell you never again. That's for somebody. You'll never go through it again. Never, 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 never say never. Never, never again. When this thing ends, when the season's over, it will come to an end, and you'll be stronger than you've ever been because of where you've been and who you've become. And if you believe that, I want you to stand to your feet. We're living in a time, church, that the church, God's wanting the church to be more productive than it's ever been. It's not a time for us to be slothful, complacent, laid back, withdrawn, fearful, those things. So God will use prune us through a process never to destroy you, but to make you better, to awaken you, to make you stronger, to make you be able to endure the things that you're going through. And a lot of things that we go through that we despise, especially the process, we got to understand God's allowed it. God's orchestrating it. Sure, there's all those things we go through that the enemy's behind, but there are those things that for God, to, he wants to make the church fruitful. He wants us to produce more fruit. And he wants us to have much fruit. He wants his church to go out not weak and anemic, but strong and powerful for the glory of the Lord. And God is doing things in our lives that we often sometimes blame everybody and everybody else, but sometimes it's because we're slacking or we're lacking and we're losing our productivity for the kingdom of God. You should be doing this, but you're not. You used to do this, but you're not. And you're backing up and you're backing away. A lot of times, because of the other circumstances you go through your life, you become defeated. You get a defeated mentality. You get tired of going through things over and over and over. It's one thing after another. So all you do is build walls when you should be building your faith. And God will come by because he loves us enough. He'll take some things away from him. He'll prune us like he does. you would a tree. He's going to take some things away from us. He's going to remove some things from us. Why? To make you a better you. I believe there's people who haven't celebrated what they've been through. And I believe there are people who aren't willing to celebrate until they get through what they're going through. And I say to both of you, it's time to celebrate. Come on. It's time to lift your voices. It's time to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Come on, church. Give God praise. You've been through some things. You've had things come against you. But God, I praise you. I praise you. Even if you get to the point that you say, I thank you, God. If I had not went through that, I wouldn't be who I was today. If God's behind it, it's never to destroy you. If God's in it, it's always to make you better. It's to help you to overcome to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the words of your testimony. You go through things and you end up with a testimony about the goodness of God had it not been for the Lord on your side. All these things we go through so many times. 
and we don't like the process, but they're to make us better. I'm going to dismiss tonight in a very different way than we normally, normally do. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me, and I believe there's going to be power in us praying it corporately tonight. So I'm going to go slow. I'm going to pray. Whatever I pray, I'm going to ask you to repeat the prayer together corporately. So if you would, bow your heads. Father, I believe whatever I'm going through is for a purpose. I believe that you have everything under control. That you will give me the strength to endure the process until what I'm going through works out for my better good. Although the printing processes of my life are not pleasant, God, I know they're necessary so that I will continue to be fruitful for you. And Father, help me to get past and then even beyond the things that have hindered my faith. Lord, do what is necessary in my life to create me to be more and more like you. God, I want the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in my life. I want my life to bring you glory. I want to produce more than fruit. I want to produce much fruit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. And give a shout of victory one more time before you dismiss. God bless you. Go and be fruitful. God bless you.